1: Welcome to episode 62 of the Life Lessons Podcast, and the date, Sherry, I just noticed is 2-2-22 that this comes out. I love that. That is a v- fabulous date. I just like numbers.
0: I'm a fan of even numbers.
1: Yeah. 2 And repeating two, numbers. Yep. yep.
0: So how are you doing? I am doing okay. Let's see. I got good news. Eric is going back to work next week. Yay.
1: Chad goes back to work, too. He's been on summer. I mean, in the summer. Christmas break, winter break, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to work. Yeah.
0: His surgeon released him today. The thing is, is when he hurt his arm, he'd only been working for this company for about two weeks. Yeah, I remember that. And he hired in through like a placement agency, Mm -hmm. like a, I don't know what you call those companies. I'd say a temp agency, but it wasn't temp. But yeah, like a job placement company. Right. So I'm not really sure, like, what if the place he was working doesn't need him anymore? Oh. We don't know what the next few days are going to bring. So does he just, like, coordinate with the job placement company? Is that who he coordinates with? He's first going to reach out to the company he was working for and see if they're just like, yeah, come on back.
1: I hope so. Fingers crossed. Because yeah, because his situation is a lot different than than Christmas break that Chad just had. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. celebrating the house being quieter. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
0: <laughs> well, I have not had running water in my kitchen
1: for over a week. Oh, my gosh.
0: It's always something, right? Well, so I'm not Jen. I'm not like super tidy and everything has to be perfect. But I cannot cook in a kitchen that is like doesn't have water running water. But I, like, can't (laughs) rinse stuff out as I use it and wash the counters. And I feel like I've been so handicapped. And so add to that, our hall bath is still torn apart since before Eric got hurt. So I have no running water in there. So my little tiny bathroom off my bedroom is the only sink I have in my house. Oh, my gosh. But knock on wood, when we finish recording today, my father-in-law says that he's going to come over and replace my faucet.
1: Fantastic! So. I feel it'll be an easy fix.
0: Eric has tried, but he just doesn't have the strength in his hand or the agility's not back. Mm-hmm. He can't. He just can't do it. He's tried.
1: Well, I know so. it's so good that he didn't have to have surgery, and then he's going back to work and. Fingers crossed he stays off the off the disabled list. I know. Goodness. <laughs> we,
0: 2020, we're going to be injury and illness free. That's our goal for the year. And Here I hope again. I didn't just jinx us. <laughs> 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 anyway, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. Today, we have a shout out from Beth in Indiana to family and friends who have helped her. Beth shared... After 34 years in an abusive marriage, I finally fled with the clothes on my back. I live in a rural area, and there is no help for people in situations like mine. I had nowhere to go, but family and friends took me in. They gave me the support and courage that I needed to not return to that situation. On the outside, my life seemed normal to others. I was college educated, married with children, and a teacher. Most people had no idea the hell I was living in behind closed doors. At 56, I'm finally living in peace, having been blessed by the love and support of my family and friends throughout this ordeal. Beth, thank you for sharing. And I'm so happy to know that your family and friends were, you know, beneficial in helping you to
1: break free from that abusive life. That's so important. I think so, too. I mean, we never know. This just shows we never know what's happening behind closed doors. You just don't know. You really don't. And People look like your know, life looks like it's perfect on the mm-hmm. outside and. You know, there's always something,
0: you know, she was going to school, just
1: holding it together. And her life was really like there was a whole other thing going on behind closed doors. Yeah. So, wow. Well, I'm so happy, Beth. All right. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners, and we look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about the companies that make it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and today's topic goes along with Cleanish. It's our book study continuing, and today's topic is eat mostly clean, so I thought I would share a few of my favorite resources for eating mostly clean and if you go to jenstevens.com cleanish i've got my favorites linked there i have links for green chef sun Basket, daily harvest and it might be hard to believe sherry believes it because she knows me but seven days a week unless i'm at the beach i am eating something from at least one of these companies and some days two of them and sometimes she takes her food to the beach that is true (laughs) for example usually i open my window with a daily harvest bowl And then later, I'll cook a dinner from either Green Chef or Sun Basket, depending on what day of the week it is. It's like I've got it down to a science. On Monday, Sun Basket comes. And on Thursday, Green Chef comes. And all three companies fit in really well with my cleanish lifestyle because they prioritize organic vegetables and premium proteins. And Sun Basket, I really love because they let me upgrade my meat to organic. And I do it every time. And the best part is with these companies, I don't even have to think about what's for dinner, because when I don't plan, I'm like, I don't know, it's a mystery. <laughs> so these magical boxes just show up, and boom, that's what we're eating, and it's all laid out. And if it's there, I'm definitely going to eat it. You know, we, we don't waste them because they're there. So, you know, if I'm feeling like last night, I wasn't feeling it, and I was like, well, but I had this meal, so I cooked it, and I'm, I'm always happy when I do it. Right. Right. Once I get started. It was there. I was like, I got to use it. I used it. And I was so glad because otherwise I would have been like, let's just order pizza or something. But I had this food there. So we ate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. If it's there, I'm going to use it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. I'm not eating on a whim. Right. I'm planned out. So I'm also trying to up the diversity of plants in my diet. And I didn't even realize how easy it is to do with daily harvest specifically. Like, for example, I love their daily harvest sweet potato and wild rice hash. And it has at least 10 different plant foods in it and more if you count the herbs and spices. So Sherry started a plant diversity challenge. When were you doing that, Sherry? In October. I thought so. So I was really busy then, but I I decided to take it on for January. So in just the first four days of January, because we're recording this on the 5th, I ate 36 different plant foods and herbs. Wow. I know. Since they all do different things in the body, depending on their individual phytochemicals, I know that I'm giving my body a wide variety of of phytochemicals and what it needs. I mean, I swear that daily harvest really has helped because 10 and the one and the other one, I mean, That's like 20-something right there, just two days of daily harvest, plus what was in my dinner. Right. It's it's kind of amazing. So if you go to jenstevens.com slash cleanish, you can find special offers for all of those companies. And if they ever went out of business, I don't know what we would eat. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's I hear you. I was tired yesterday recovering from the weekend of work, and I'd so, like, in my gut, I wanted to order pizza, but... Yeah, I had meal kit in my yeah. fridge, and I was like, "I got to cook it; it's going to go bad." Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I'm it was not going to waste delicious it. Delicious, no. and it
0: tasted amazing. Yeah. And I was so glad I cooked it. But yep, it's kind of that incentive to get up off the couch and cook because it's there. Yep. So now it's time for our life lesson of the week, and this week we are going to continue our discussion about cleanish. It is week three of our book study. We are going to continue the book study every even episode through episode 68, although we are going to skip episode 66, as well as the more in-depth book study going on in the DDD community. You can still join that at any time by going to jenstevenscom forward slash community and using the promo code CLEANISH to save 15% on the cost of your membership. If you join as an annual member, that's just under $1 a week for both intermittent fasting support if you're an intermittent faster, and the Cleanish Book Study and ongoing support, even if you aren't an intermittent faster. The book study will be going on until the end of March and beyond in the community as people continue to apply and share what they have learned over time.
1: So this week, we're going to focus on the importance of eating mostly clean, and it is a big topic. And you can get so caught up in the details. I don't want you to ever lose sight of the word mostly, right? It's eat mostly clean. Because otherwise, you can be afraid to eat anything. And that's not what we want. The goal is for you to be empowered to make better choices. And we become empowered by learning about the issues. So then you can make choices. It's all about that continuum of choices. You know, are you on the cleaner side or the the more ultra processed side? Everything you eat is going to fall along that continuum somewhere. But we don't want to be like obsessed with like what we can and can't do. That's just super important. So, this week we're talking about four different chapters of Cleanish. So, I want to give you a brief overview of the chapters, but you'll get a much more in depth picture when you read them. The audiobook is like 11 hours long, I think.
0: Wow. You talked a lot.
1: Well, I did. I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who wrote all these words when I was reading? <laughs> Anyway, so you'd have to read it to get all the, you know, all the details. But the first chapter about food is called Food Glorious Food. And in it, I go into some of the reasons why food has changed over time. I mean, it is totally different now than it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago, because we have so many more food additives and chemicals in our foods. You know, we've got chemicals that kill things like pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and they end up as residue from the growing process. We have chemicals that make things grow more quickly or grow larger like fertilizers, antibiotics, growth hormones. They also end up in the foods. We've also got chemicals that make things last longer, look better, or taste different from the way they are in nature. Things like preservatives, artificial flavors, colors, and sweeteners, and then a ton of other additives that you also don't want like emulsifiers and all sorts of things. So each of these topics could literally be a whole podcast episode, but I just want to talk about a few of the things that that really stand out. So Sherry, had you done much reading about commodity crops before?
0: Well, I knew a lot about commodity crops because I had a friend who was a farmer. Right. And they were commodity crop farmers. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. To me, there's a problem when, people are being incentivized Mm -hmm. to grow foods that are not supporting the health of the nation that is supporting them. Yeah. I'm not sure if I said that right.
1: Well, it's a very sticky topic. And, you know, our food environment really did change when the government got involved with the food production like this. Like in 2020, approximately 40% of farmers income came from the federal government. And that's like all the farmers, if you put it together, 40% of the farmer's income came from the federal government as subsidies. Right. And so nowadays, I mean, let's think about that. If you're a farmer and you're being subsidized for certain crops, you're going to grow more of those crops, right? It makes perfect sense. So we ended up with an oversupply of those items, corn, soybeans, sugar, cotton, and wheat. So, you know, we could go down a million different rabbit holes there. But, you know, think about it. Let's just think about corn. So now we're growing more corn than we can eat as corn or feed to our animals, the animals that are, are going to eat the corn. So we have to figure out what to do with it. And actually using it as animal feed is, is a rabbit hole because many of the animals that we feed corn to wouldn't normally eat it. Right. Like uh, cows. Cows are not designed to eat corn. When we feed them with grain, they actually tend to get sick and need a lot of antibiotics because they aren't biologically suited to grains. But let's stick to humans. So the food companies have to figure out what to do with all that excess corn. So they can turn it into corn syrup and corn oil. And those ingredients are cheaper than the ingredients that they're replacing in our foods, which of course is a positive to the big food companies. So, you know, the corn syrup, the corn oil, they're highly processed. And we know that our bodies don't do well when we consume a lot of those highly processed foods. I like to call those not foods. You know, they're in everything. Mm -hmm.
0: I can picture the giant container of corn oil that my grandmother kept in her kitchen. I can't remember the brand, but I
1: can see that corn on the cob. Oh, yeah. I think my grandmother used that same one. It wasn't Wesson, was it? Was it like mozzola or something? Oh, it might have been Mazola because that sounds like corn.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that was it. And as you were talking, <laughs> so, that's all I could picture. Yeah. Was those giant containers of corn
1: oil. Yep. It's kind of amazing. So, you know, as I was digging into all these food companies and, you know, the root of the problem, I found that the top 15 food companies produce pretty much like almost everything we buy in the store. And then I looked at like the brands and the things that they make. And the top 15 food companies make mostly beverages, snack products and candy. Like if you really weight the majority. So if you think about that. We're buying more beverages, snack products, and candy than we're buying actual food. So those are all things that we consider to be ultra-processed foods. And I talk about those in great detail in the Take a Break from Fake chapter. They're doing lots and lots of research on ultra-processed foods now. One study that I saw, they say that ultra-processed foods account for more than half of the average adult's daily caloric intake. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, more Mm -hmm. than half. So on average, most adults are eating more ultra-processed foods than any other foods. So we're also seeing all those studies that I mentioned where they're comparing what happens if we eat more ultra-processed foods versus more real foods. Again, it's on the continuum. You know, I eat ultra-processed foods, but they don't make up the majority of what I eat. Right. I think that's what's so important. Yes. So you know how most of the time in science, it's hard to find scientific consensus On any Uh topic. Oh, of course. Like literally anything. Uh I have never yet found a study on ultra-processed foods, though, that said that eating more ultra-processed foods has better health outcomes than eating fewer. No, I don't think you're going to find that. I don't think so. So every study I've seen, you know, the more ultra-processed foods you eat in general, the worse your health. So we know that those are the foods we should be minimizing. That doesn't mean, again, that you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm never having another no, another bite of ultra-processed food because that's not realistic. Not at all.
0: And more and more, I love that this is being discussed in more mainstream News. Just the other day, I sent you a link about yep. ultra-processed foods and its negative health impacts and that they may have been making a link to, was that the study on Alzheimer's? I think so. And the yeah. the whole gut-brain connection. Yes.
1: You know, as I'm reading it, I was like, this is not surprising. It's not. It wasn't surprising at all. Because the ultra-processed foods, they don't feed our guts well. I mean, there's a whole cycle of what's happening. I'm listening right now to Benjamin Bickman's Why We Get Sick. Have uh-huh. you listened to that or read that?
0: I haven't. I've have downloaded it, but I have not listened okay. to it. Okay.
1: Because it's on Audible Plus. as a You don't have to use a credit for it. But... It all comes back to the insulin. These are also the foods that keep us in a state of hyperinsulinemia. I mean, it just, it's all connected, right? You can't say, well, this is the reason and that's the reason, but there's all of it. The perfect storm. Right, exactly. We have some questions from listeners. We asked listeners, when it comes to eating mostly clean, where do you struggle?
0: So a common struggle is ultra processed foods. And we read this one on episode 58, but I want to read it again. Julie from San Carlos, California says, I'm a sucker for organic processed foods, chips, crackers, etc. Most organic food is available where I live. But tell me the facts about the organic processed foods so that I'll be motivated
1: to cut down on eating them, please. Yep. And so, you know, this is such a great question because when I eat ultra processed foods, if I can, I prefer to choose organic versions, uh-huh. like an organic Triscuit. Right. You know, if I'm at the store and I'm looking at at the shelves, if there's an organic Triscuit, I'm going to pick that. And if they don't have organic crackers, I'm going to look for something that's non-GMO on the label. Would I eat a cracker that was – and I probably wouldn't buy it. I probably wouldn't buy a cracker that didn't at least have non-GMO on the label. But if I was at somebody's house, I would. But the key is that you don't want it to be the majority of your plate. Exactly. That's what I was getting ready to say. It's like a condiment. Right, on the right. side yeah yeah that's really helped me
0: it's like yesterday i had a chef salad with four crackers i didn't right. eat a sleeve of crackers and a carrot
1: <laughs> exactly it's the balance exactly so you want your most of your plate to be real food and then you have that on the side because the key is you want to nourish your body right. and that organic trisket, as delicious as it is is providing energy to my body, but it's not providing a lot of nutrients because of how processed it's been, even if it's organic. So
0: yeah, I mean, you could compile 20 organic ingredients, but if it's highly processed ingredients, it's still a highly processed food. Right. So Roxy says, I really struggle with choosing overly processed foods for the convenience over preparing nutritionally dense meals. And I get that.
1: Yeah, and I know Roxy is really working on that right now. Roxy's in the community, and she's a good friend of ours. We love Roxy, but she's been posting pictures of her beautiful, nutritionally dense meals that she's having right now. But it's true, the convenience. You've got to set yourself up for success and and be prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: and that's what's helped her. I shared an app with her, and part of it's free, or you can pay. You can get more recipes, and it's called Meal Lime. And it has helped her just because she's kind of like, Jen, if she doesn't have a plan, then she's just going to go grab something on the go yeah. and she stays busy. And so that was helpful for her. She doesn't like to be locked into the meal kit companies. and She likes a little bit more flexibility and she likes to be able to like tailor them to her picky husband, which is what I have to do as well. Jen doesn't know how blessed she is that she has a I, husband I recognize who that, yeah. will eat whatever she feeds him. She started using it last week, and she loved it because she can make her whole week's plan and shop for her groceries. And so there are so many things out there that can help you, like, figure yeah, out prep how dish. to simplify. They were one.
1: Yes. They sponsor the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I can't remember the link for that. It might be prepdish.com slash podcast. I don't remember, but... They have very good menus. Like they, they have a gluten free, but and you're like, ooh, I'm not gluten free, but I'm not either. But like potatoes are gluten free, so it's like it's it's not like they're not using gluten free ultra processed substitutes. Right. They're just choosing foods Different that are naturally. Different foods that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many options, but you really have to prepare. I think that's the key. Plan ahead.
0: Plan for success. Yeah. So Becky from Wisconsin said, once I eat something unclean, I can't stop. It's usually an
1: all or nothing thing. We hear that a lot. I think it's by design. It is. You know, I read the the Dorito effect and there's a lot of books out there. Well, you know, more than one that actually have this same premise. And it's how the food manufacturers are hooking us with these unnatural flavors. These artificial flavors that they're putting in are designed in a lab to hook you. Mm-hmm. And the way they balance the sweet, the fat, the salty, it keeps you coming back. And because they don't satisfy you nutritionally, you don't ever get the that's enough signal. Because uh-huh. your body's like, that's, this is not even food. I like it. It's good in my mouth. But you just keep putting it in, putting it in.
0: Right. And it's hitting all those dopamine receptors. And
1: Do you know what pirate booty is? Yes. Mm-hmm. If I buy a bag of pirate booty, I will eat, I mean, a large bag, I'll eat the whole bag. Really, yeah. Just can't stop. Can't stop, yeah. And it's like it's turning on something in the brain. So guess That's what? Me and buy Cheetos. It.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are talking about you know processed foods and whatever. I'm gonna. You don't have to say I'm never gonna eat this. You know, unclean food. But you can right. be choosy. We went out to a restaurant, a local restaurant, and it's all made from scratch food. So I'm thinking, I'm good. I got this burger with a fried egg on it, on this lovely brioche bun. And they didn't have, sorry, I love onion rings. They didn't have onion rings that day. So I said, oh, I'll get the mac and cheese. It'll be fine. They made it in the kitchen. Well, yeah, they did make it in the kitchen, but it came out day glow orange. And I was like, what did they add to this macaroni and cheese? It should not be that color. And I actually told my husband, if I'm eating something this orange, it better be a Cheeto. (laughs) so I'm saving my day glow orange foods for Cheetos yeah so
1: just pick and choose absolutely and I'm not going to say like I got Doritos in my Christmas stocking my mother always puts them in there two little snack size bags of Doritos I eat them both not at the same time one one day and one the other so but if I had had larger bags of Doritos I would have eaten more so for me I have to be cheesy about it and using small portions of them really does help. And that might sound mm-hmm. like very diety, and I don't mean it to sound that way. But, you know, I know that if I ate an entire giant bag of Doritos, I would feel bad. Right. And I, and I don't want to feel like that. And then I would still be hungry and it wouldn't serve my body well. So well, that's... And I
0: don't look at it as diety. I look at it as setting yourself up for success. You know right. that if you have a bag, you're going to keep reaching in. So mm-hmm. you
1: get a smaller bag and then when you get to the bottom of the bag, it's done. And it's really those flavored things. Like when I buy crackers, like I talked about Triscuits already, they're not flavored. I don't get the flavored ones. They're just a cracker. They're like a vehicle for some cheese later, right? Uh I'm not tempted to sit down and eat an entire box of crackers. I don't have that urge. But now if I got flavored ones, maybe I would. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to know. So
0: another listener said, I eat too many processed foods, ultra processed, non-organic produce, and a lot of food that comes in plastic packaging. I think all of this is probably hard on my
1: body, but it's really hard for me to change this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just a matter, again, I would start small. Mm -hmm. If you're eating a certain kind of cracker, switch to the non-GMO. Right. Then that's a tiny little switch. Switch to organic. Or just say, you know what, I'm going to get my crunch from carrots today. Buy more real foods and put that in the mix. Like make a plate with a third of the number of crackers you normally would have had and more veggies. You're still getting the experience you're getting to have them. Right. You're not denying yourself of anything that you love. It's just crowding them out with with more food, like that salad example that you gave.
0: Yeah. Or like, I love hummus, but I don't trust oh, I myself love with a bag of pita chips because I'm going to sit yeah. there and eat those pita chips up. But I get the carrot coins or I cut a red pepper into strips and I, you know, scoop it with my red pepper. So that's my way of saying, okay, I can have hummus that I love, but I'm going to weed out the chip or the pita chip or the cracker or whatever to eat it on because I know that's not serving me.
1: Mm -hmm. And I would have the pita chips, just not the whole bag of pita chips. Like I would be conscious of I'm having this many of the pita chips. And I'm I'm not counting them out, counting a serving or measuring them out or anything like that. But I know that if I take them out of the bag and put them on a plate, I'm going to eat a logical amount of them versus if I'm just eating directly out of the bag, there's the container, there's the bag. Now I've eaten all the (laughs) chips and all the hummus.
0: Yeah. It's easy
1: to do. (laughs) It is. It is. So just, you know, make small
0: swaps here and there. So Melinda has questions about shopping and preparing. She says, I sometimes find eating clean is work and I'm tired after my day of my actual work. I want something to be fast and ready. And I tend to waste food because of good intentions.
1: And that is really, again, where prep is. Like like Sunbasket has those ready meals. Mm-hmm. The fresh and ready. Fresh and I've, ready. Yeah, that I've are used so them easy. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like they were made by you. But the ingredients are high quality, but you just have to heat them up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, listeners know I've tried you know, so I use different meal companies and I swap them up all the time. And that was one of the reasons why I really enjoy hungry root is everything's prepped. It's literally take it out of the bag and put it in the pan. If I think about having to chop a bunch of veggies and whatever, and you know, my local grocery store now has a pretty good prepped veggie section. And I just go to it. Even if I'm making stew, I can buy a container with chopped onions and celery and carrots in it. And it's one less step I have to take to, you know, create a healthy meal.
1: And I think for Melinda, a lot of it would depend on like, we don't know how a larger family is like, if it's just her, you know, the meal kits are fantastic if it's just you because you can make one meal and it's like a meal for two and now you have two nights to eat from it. Right, right. But if it's you just you and and a significant other, again, that's really, really simple. Now, if you have a large family with lots of kids, it's a different story. But meal kits are absolutely so fast compared to, you know, having to go to the store and figure out what you want. And, you know, like Green Chef has a lot of things that are pre-prepped, which I like. Like if we're going to have, like, for example, I think I've got some kind of butternut squash chili coming up maybe this week. And the butternut squash is, is already, already cubed. up. Yes. And I'm like, hallelujah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, even I made a great meal last night from a meal kit and it had... Um, green beans, but the green beans were prepped. I didn't even have to cut the ends off of them. I just had to toss them in the pan and it had some crumbled bacon and it was already measured out. I didn't have to get out a package of crumbled bacon and measure two tablespoons or whatever. It just really simplifies cooking and takes, you know, a lot of the stress out of it. Yep. So Becky from Wisconsin wants to know how to get her family on board. She said, we try to keep the house clear of ultra processed foods so that my 12 year old son has now resorted to lying and sneaking foods he knows he isn't supposed to have. We talk about why we don't eat those foods, and he acts like he understands, but then in a week or two, I catch him doing it again. I allow him to eat the junk when he is out with friends or at a party, but that doesn't seem to be enough. I know sneaking foods is a problem because that is one of the reasons I have had a yo-yo weight problem. I never wanted people to see me eat, and I didn't think I deserved to, so I would sneak bad foods when I was by myself. Jen and I might have a whole different perspective on this. Really? I think kids are going to do things that they are not supposed to do.
1: I was going to say that
0: too. (laughs) I would probably tend to relax what I allowed in my house to encourage him to eat in front of me and not secretly.
1: Yeah. I think I wouldn't buy it, but I wouldn't want him to sneak it. Like, I, I would say, you know, if you're getting these foods and having them, that is your decision. Because one day he's going to live by himself. Exactly. And can buy whatever he wants. So you can say something like, I'm not going to buy these foods. But if you bring them into the house, you don't have to sneak it. Just have it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he may have an allowance or a job or money of his own and let him make his own choices. Right. Say, I will buy you these things, anything you bring in yourself. But the sneaking is, I think, a problem. You definitely, mm-hmm. anytime your child is doing something where they're having to sneak it, that's something to really think about, gosh, what can I do to, because you don't want to have those secret kind of things.
0: well and there's so many other swaps you can make too like we've talked about right. like my bonus daughter she loves junk food she lives on junk food and drive through food and to her that's the only food that's delicious and so i'm not gonna buy her chicken nuggets but i will make her like homemade chicken tenders in the air fryer and you know she loves pringles well i'm not gonna buy her pringles but i'll buy her higher quality right. chips
1: like a chip that's fried in avocado oil, kind of a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you can make some swaps
0: to, you know, let them eat the foods that their friends are right. eating, just with healthier versions
1: of them. Exactly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with. I do agree with that. I guess the the wording in there, keeping the house clear of ultra processed foods, that might not be possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just a matter of choosing better versions. Mm-hmm and crowding it out with better things. And then maybe they can, you know, everybody can relax around those foods. It's really not easy. Once they start getting to the point where they don't just (laughs) do what you want, and they're like walking around on their own and bringing stuff in, you're like, okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're going to do those things.
0: (sighs) Yeah. One listener shared, I struggle with things that trick me into thinking they are good for me. Whole foods are easy. It's navigating through the processed foods that is confusing. Things like nut milks, yogurts, things that present themselves as healthy, organic. That's so true. So how do you know if what you're buying is legitimately healthy?
1: And again, I think it's a matter of where it is on the continuum of ultra processed to real. And, you know, greenwashing, we talked about this in the the last episode where we talked about the personal care products and cleaning items. They, they do that in food, too. You know, like you can tell from this question, things are, are greenwashed to look like they're healthy when really they're not. Mm-hmm. There was some kind of soda that I saw at like a I was buying a gift card at a drugstore. And it was like some kind of soda, orange soda that they had some kind of healthy name on it. And I'm like, what? It was like the worst greenwashing ever because it <laughs> looked so natural and good. And it's like terrible orange soda. Yeah. with Like you would, corn syrup. I mean, it was not good. It was full of all those ultra processed ingredients, but it looked so like wholesome. Well, from the label.
0: And she brought up nut milks, and that's a big one. Yeah. There are so many different qualities of nut milks to soy milk, to almond milk, to whatever. Look at the ingredients on yeah. the container. I mean, I buy an almond milk that is literally like almonds, water, salt. Yep. It's not almonds, carrageenan, blah, 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 blah. Words you can't pronounce. So, I mean, you can find the better options, but you really need to train yourself to read the ingredient list.
1: Exactly. The fewer ingredients, the better. Yep. If you know what the ingredients are. Absolutely. And just because ingredients are weird doesn't mean that they're necessarily, you know, a problem, but they're more likely to be a problem.
0: Christy from Delaware wrote, I think my biggest struggle with this is in the time frame leading up to my period. Many times I just want to stuff my face with all the things not healthy or clean, like cookies, crackers, pizza, not because I'm emotional, but because it's almost like my appetite correction gets thrown out the door for a few days. I find that if I have the foods in my apartment, I will eat them. So I try my best not to have them available. Also, when it comes to organic foods, I know that they are the better option, but when I look at a bag of organic spinach that costs $4.69 versus a bag of non-organic spinach and it costs $1.50, I almost always will choose the cheaper item over the organic, especially since I personally can't tell a difference in taste most of the time. If the price isn't much different, then I'll choose the organic.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of things going on in that question. But when you're hormonal, you're going to be craving foods that have that hit. Uh, that's yeah. what our bodies tell us to do. Our bodies, you're during that hormonal time, right b- before our periods, our bodies are trying to store up for the baby that might be coming. Mm-hmm. So we get the eat, eat, eat message. And then the, that quick energy is what we reach for.
0: Yeah. Well, and then if you're moody because of hormones and you're just feeling a little moody and you're Uh tired and then your body your brain wants that like that soothing soothing yeah ice cream yep that's where dopamine and serotonin come into and food absolutely like fuels that
1: it absolutely does. So that's very normal biologically. And, you know, with all those foods, that also hurts appetite correction, because the more ultra processed they are, the less you're hearing your I've had enough signals. But, you know, I always would just kind of embrace it for a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like today I'm eating more and it's okay. Right. Hormonally, I just knew it. And that's all right. But I would try to be careful about what I had in the house, like I've talked about before. Now, organic foods. One thing that Christy said at the end, she said she can't tell a difference in taste. And I thought that was so interesting. I think her
0: body is gonna know the
1: difference though. Right. It's not always the taste. Now sometimes it is. Like, you know, I talk about in cleanish, a tomato that you grow in your backyard uh-huh. in the summer is gonna taste really different than one that's been, you know, hot-housed hot housed and it's yep. yeah, it's not For gonna sure. be the same. It has to do with the nutrients in there. But you can't always tell the difference taste-wise with organic versus regular. It's just a matter of, you know, why are organic vegetables different? And it has to do with the chemicals that were used on them while they were growing. And a really good resource is the Environmental Working Group's Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. I know you probably use those, Sherry. Yep. And so there, I can't remember off the top of my head what they all are, but I have them in Cleanish and you can look them up on the website, but there are 12 fruits and vegetables every year they they analyze and see which ones are most likely to be contaminated with pesticides and those are the dirty dozen so those are the ones you should really prioritize organic when it comes to those and it changes every year slightly and then there's the clean 15 where these are the ones that are going to have the least amount of, of residues so they're the ones it's okay to not necessarily look for organic right right yeah
0: Like I once read, anything that has a rind, like that you're going to peel, you don't necessarily have organic bananas because you're going to take that peel off or organic oranges because you're taking the peel off. Like if you had to pick between spinach and organic oranges, go with your organic spinach.
1: Mm -hmm. If I'm looking at a packaged product and it's made with corn or wheat as a main ingredient, I will not get one unless it says non-GMO project on there. Like I've gotten to that point where I just will not pick up a box of crackers. I don't know what happened over Christmas with the supply chain, but all the stores I went to, like the organic crackers were all gone. Like there'd be a hole where they were supposed to go. Maybe everybody's (laughs) buying them, which is good. They need to make more of them. But I was like, what's happening? I couldn't buy my normal things. But non-GMO, I looked for that and that helped.
0: And I want to say too, when she talks about the cost, you might be saving today if you buy the non-organic. But you have no idea how much you're going to pay for that later. Like, to me, I'm going to pay a little bit extra because my feeling is that I am preventing disease later in my life Yeah. that I am not going to have to pay for either in loss of time, loss of work or medications or doctor's visits. So to me, that's just a little insurance into my health and I'm worth it.
1: You know, one of the hardest things I have finding around here is a lot of good organic dairy. Yeah. Do you have any trouble finding that? I do have problems finding you know, We don't have whole foods, mm-hmm. so we have sprouts, but like I was trying to find some organic cheese. It's very, very difficult. So I, I wanted some grated cheese, and so I just, I found some organic, and I just grated it up myself, and sometimes you just have to make some trade-offs there. Right. With butter, it's always organic.
0: Well, I'm just going to tell you, fresh grated cheese is 100 times better than
1: bagged grated cheese anyways. Yeah, because they put all that non-clumping stuff in there.
0: Mary says, I need help figuring out what I should remove from the closet and what to replace it with. For example, bullion is salt and MSG. Regular brands of ingredients are full of hard-to-pronounce chemicals.
1: Yeah, and that I've really had to shift my my cooking completely. Like when I go to my grandmother's cabinet and look at that, she had all that kind of stuff, like the bullion and the. Mm-hmm. When I cleaned her house out after when she had moved into assisted living, and I was cleaning out her kitchen with my sister, she had this package of Dream Whip that looked like Jell-O, Goodness, but it was yes. Dream Whip. And I swear it was from like the fifties, and she probably moved it from house to house, but she still had it. But <laughs>
0: I was like, "What
1: is even? Is I know this? that's
0: what I was just wondering. What is in that?" <laughs>
1: It's really simple once you start making the swaps. Like, I would never use bouillon again. Like, I don't use MSG at all. I avoid it. Instead, I buy organic broth. Yes, I do exactly the same. Yep. Yeah. And really, it doesn't have to be that expensive. We're finding more and more stores are having store brands of organic things. Like, a store brand of organic broth is going to be so much better it's not as convenient as that bullion that'll last forever in your, like your dream whip from the fifties that's still there, <laughs> grandmother, right? <laughs> but it's it's just a matter of, of changing up what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And my body likes it more. I know if I've had something that had like bullion or that concentrated stock yeah. or whatever, my body puffs up the next day yeah. awful. And if I use broth instead, I do so much better. Yeah. Sue from California wants to know, she likes to end every meal with something sweet. What are some ideas of some good whole foods that she could eat to satisfy her sweet tooth?
1: There are so many good things that you could have that, that could satisfy that little sweet tooth. I know people who've been listening to my podcasts for a long time know, what is it I'm going to say, Sherry? Dates. Yeah, I keep a giant bag of organic dates that I buy at Costco. The the giant bag. They're dried dates and they last like forever. Like the one that's in our refrigerator right now has been there for months. But I pull it out, I'll have like maybe two or three that satisfies the sweet taste that I need. And that's that's really all that I need. And it's it's a date and it's got all those phytochemicals. And yeah, you know, people say things like, "Well, anything sweet is just like eating sugar." No, it isn't. It's not the same as eating just <laughs> Sprinkles right. of sugar. It's really not. Right.
0: I like fruit. I'll cut up an apple or even bake an apple.
1: Oh, yeah. Baked apples are I so good. I love baked apples. With cinnamon. Just sprinkle cinnamon oh, on there. cinnamon
0: on it. I filled a little well. I put a little maple syrup in there, real maple syrup for a little hint of sweet, and it kind of caramelizes yeah. on the apple. If you're in a hurry, you can, like, dice them up and throw them in your cast iron skillet and kind of si- – I just throw a little water in with them and kind of simmer them till they get soft and then sprinkle them with some cinnamon. Yep. I love oat bowls. So mm, just, some, you know, rolled oats. And I like to add some pecans and some frozen blueberries or I mean, it's endless what you can do with oats. And then it feels it's a good hearty dessert. It's not just mm-hmm. you, you know, mindlessly eating a piece of cheesecake, not to say I don't love cheesecake, but I love cheesecake <laughs> too. <laughs> But I made pumpkin
1: pie over the holidays. I made those that pumpkin pie three times. Did you? It was so good. When Cal and Kate were here, I made it one more time.
0: Well, surprise. Because we didn't have anything
1: sweet. It's so good. I love
0: pumpkin pie, and I only had one pie through the whole holiday season. Did you? Yes, this I This pumpkin pie was so good. It has
1: a graham cracker crust. And you know what? The graham cracker was ultra-processed, and it was okay. I used my organic butter and my ultra-processed graham crackers, and, you know, it's all right. It all evened out. There are definitely a lot of things sweet that you can have. And really, as you start having less sugar, you find like a strawberry is really sweet, for example.
0: Yeah, but I get you Sue because I love baked goods. Cookies, cake, brownies, Mm -hmm. they've all got my name on them. And once you start eating them, every day you think you need to eat them. And I got caught in a vicious cycle of that. And I had to just be like, enough's enough. I'm not bringing this stuff into my house anymore. And I've gone back to some yogurt. You know what? yogurt with a tablespoon of high quality preserves in it wonderful yeah so and for me
1: a dates with peanut butter if i really want it to be decadent just a little bit of peanut butter a high quality peanut butter with it's like having candy i mean it really tastes as good as having candy and it like my the part of my brain that wanted something sweet is perfectly satisfied i'm gonna have to try so. it And I'm not like feeling like I'm depriving myself. That's the best part. I don't feel like I'm dieting or making a bad choice. I'm actually happier than if I had eaten, you know, something else. So there are two other chapters that you're going to be reading this week. And one of them is called What's a Healthy Diet? And the other one is called Paralysis of Analysis. In the What's a Healthy Diet chapter, we know there's a lot of confusion out there about what's healthy or, quote, clean and why. And I really can't find a better explanation of what it's good to eat than what Michael Pollan said in his book, In Defense of Food. And he said, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. Now, he's not saying only eat plants or whatever, but, you know, really crowd your plate with plants. Eat food, mostly plants, not too much.
0: Yeah, I just posted the Eat More Plants Challenge in the Life Lessons community. And somebody had mentioned, oh, yeah, I'm going to only eat plants this month. And I was like, no, I'm not telling anybody to only eat plants. Right. But add more plants. Exactly. It's about what you can add to your diet. And when you add things to your diet, then some of that process stuff that you want to avoid is just naturally going to disappear anyway.
1: It's that crowding out again. You know, we've got a bag of candy bars left over from Halloween, and it's still sitting there. And I see it all the time, and they don't even call my name. I don't want them. I'm not, like, avoiding them because I'm trying to be good. They don't look good to me. Right. I head right for the dates instead.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, if you have real food options on hand, then you don't have room for that ultra processed food. And when we find the plants we love, and we eat a variety of them, our gut microbiomes are happy. Yep. And a happy gut equals a healthy body and a healthy brain. Your gut is really affects your moods and everything else. We just need to make sure that we do not eat more food than our bodies need.
1: That's gonna be easier said than done. But when you're eating a lot of whole foods, it's easier. Because you're, you, you're more in touch with your satiety signals. Yep. So the last chapter is the paralysis of analysis chapter. And I go into the topics about like orthorexia, for example, or when you get so concerned about what you're eating that you're overly preoccupied with dietary rules and you end up with dietary restrictions that get more and more difficult to sustain over time. So it's really important to understand eating healthy is not orthorexia adopting a theory of healthy eating is not orthorexia that's a quote from dr bratman who came up with it, the theory so if your theory is wacky or weird or any kind of theory of eating it's not orthorexia unless an eating disorder develops around this theory so there is sherry something that is frustrating to me right this minute and when i wrote cleanish and the whole way through the whole editing process you could go to orthorexia.com and Dr. Bratman's self-test for orthorexia uh-huh. was there. But the last time I looked, orthorexia.com is like not even a website anymore. Oh, Okay. So frustrating. So it's like the book just came out. Cleanish just came out and it's already not right. (laughs) He didn't pay for his domain or something
0: and it went away. I don't know
1: what happened, but (laughs) you can still Google. If you you get to that section and you're like, oh gosh, I'm afraid I might have a problem with this. You can Google Bratman orthorexia self-test and find it on an alternate website. So that's just the nature of the internet. Websites disappear.
0: So the most important part of this process is applying what you've learned. And in the paperback of Cleanish, there are end-of-chapter activities where you'll reflect on what you have learned and how you're going to take action. You can also find them in a write-on worksheet type format at jenstevens.com/ forward slash cleanish. It is a free downloadable PDF. And if you have an iPad, there are all sorts of apps that allow you to import a PDF. And you can write directly on the pages if you have the pencil that comes with your iPad or you can print the pages out and put them in a binder. Or you could get a separate notebook just for your cleanest journal and use the electronic version of the pages for a reference. It's totally up to you how you do it. I will tell you, if you're listening to the book, you are going to want to do this because you need that whole visual and yeah, to put it all together.
1: I do anyway. Exactly, but they're easy, just jenstevenscom slash cleanish, you can download the PDF for free. So here is your cleanish homework assignment. By the sixteenth of February, you have four chapters to read Food Glorious Food, Take a Break from Fake, What's a Healthy Diet, and Paralysis of Analysis. Then you'll reflect and take action by taking stock of what's in your kitchen. You know, do you have a lot of packaged foods on hand? You'll also consider how much of your diet is actually made up of ultra processed foods. It might be more than you think, or maybe less than you think. You'll also think Think about the foods your ancestors ate and you're likely genetically suited to those foods. And you'll take some time to make sure you aren't developing an unhealthy fixation on what you're eating, which is something we want to avoid. Like I struggled with that while writing cleanish. I don't want everybody to panic and freak out and like get upset. I want people to feel empowered and that knowledge is power. And you know why you're going to choose that organic spinach, even though it costs more. Right. That's important. It's
0: all about balance. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and that is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is my go-to source for high-quality meat that I can trust. They are a certified bee organization. You can choose from 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage-breed pork, and wild-caught seafood to build your personal box. Get a range of high-quality cuts and an amazing value. Shipping is always free and they deliver to your door on your schedule and you can cancel anytime. Once you have a ButcherBox membership, you'll have access to incredible member deals and exclusive add-ons. This is a huge time saver for me. I just always have meat in the freezer. Good to go. I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my family. For new members, ButcherBox always has a fantastic special offer. And we will always have the most current offer linked on the Shop With Us tab at lifelessonscommunity.com and in show notes. So head over to lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the Shop With Us tab and find box special offer.
1: So now it's time for our listener-led lesson, and today it comes from Patty in Washington. She shares, in order to make any change possible, you need to choose your suck. She said, I've made a few changes. She stopped drinking alcohol in 2019 after sober October, where she realized she didn't like the way she felt after alcohol. She lost 35 pounds in 2020 and a few more. So when she says she has to choose our suck, here is what she says to choose. One, I can choose to eat the salad or say no to the cookies. It's okay to eat one, or I could choose to move my body daily. And those things suck, especially when I don't want to do it, or She could choose to be overweight, no energy for playing with their kiddo, and her body hurts because she hasn't moved or done yoga. So basically, it's like, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to do that either, is what she's saying, right? Right. So you got to pick the one that matters most to you. I think they say it as choose your heart. Choose your heart, yeah. Have you seen that? That There's a saying in the diet world where it's like, you know, losing weight is hard, being overweight is hard. (laughs) Pick your heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Patty is saying. Yep. So Patty also says that as a life coach, she has helped folks using this mindset. It helps a ton to have a vision for what you want the healthy lifestyle to look like and to have an accountability partner to help keep it going. And she said she's got three accountability partners. And I think that's great. That is great.
0: At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Ruth in Southern California. And the quote is simply, life is now. She said, this is a saying that I have on a necklace that I wear often. Ten years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This year, I lost my younger sister to the same disease. Often, I think many of us live like we have forever. I have found so much more courage, happiness, and joy when I remind myself to remember to live this way, to be vulnerable, to be open, to say how I feel and what I believe, to try new things, and to be there for the important things in the lives of the people I love.
1: I love that, Ruth. Thank you. All right. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave a review so that other people can find our podcast by looking at the reviews. So do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener led lesson or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.